There's so many plants in my house now. It's ridiculous. No, I'm, a big, I'm a big plant fan. Although I just get fake plants because I don't have to like deal with it. Yeah, they actually take a lot of looking after. We have mm. to set reminders to water them now. We've right. got that many. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of The Third Bureau. I'm one of your hosts, Hamish. And I'm your other host, Aaron. And today we're joined by another one of our friends called Ashley. And do you want to introduce yourself? Yep, I'm Ashley. No Hamish, never met Aaron before, but yeah, looking forward to, to being on the podcast today. Just a bit about myself. Grew up in Nottingham. I moved to London coming up three years ago now, actually, although it feels like three months. Um, <laughs> working as a data scientist, been doing that since I moved to London. Before that, I was at university up in Sheffield, um, studying maths and I stayed on for a master's up there as well. I'll probably go into a bit more on that later on, but that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, so you said you lived in Nottingham. I actually thought you lived in Sheffield for some reason, no. so my research was clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you grew up in um, Nottingham. Did you always plan to be like a data scientist or like how did it come about? Not at all. So when I was at school, I was always kind of very mathsy, but I did a lot of like textiles as well, which is a very mix okay, for yeah. a lot of people. They did tend to either be creative or techie um i like to think that i was very much in the middle of both so i could have easily have been an interior designer as much as a data scientist yeah Yeah. so it was when i was at school i was kind of doing both at a levels without being big-headed i was very good at math so i was kind of that's more the route i should do at uni so that was when i went up to sheffield and and studied maths which even at that point i wasn't like i I didn't even know what data science was Mm -hmm. um it wasn't like i knew that i always wanted to be a data scientist to be fair it was very much that i just fell into that after I'd done my maths degree I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point so that was when I did my master's which was in data science data analytics so that was where I kind of picked mm-hmm. started to pick it up at the same um, university and everything. yeah right, yeah so. stayed on at Sheffield I just clearly love the city mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't there a data science like course at work there was in the masters and I think there was actually an undergrad one but yeah that was like for the super super small people to be fair I think at kind of degree level data science purely like studying data science is very new in the last few years when I did my master's in data well it was called data analytics but it was basically data science it was the first year it ran at Sheffield so it was very much the the guinea pigs in in doing it but since then it's it's been massive and I think even Nottingham now themselves do data science obviously a lot more of your London-based unis do as well so it's getting a lot bigger which it kind of needs to as well so you're the first year doing data science at Sheffield I was at Sheffield yeah okay so how did you know like Sheffield would be good for data science I did it. It was a gamble. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I'd done my, my maths undergrad there. The master's was with the computer science department, which I'd in the four years while I was doing my undergrad, I kind of knew people that was in the computer science department and kind of, we'd done odd modules across with them as well. So it was just gambling whether it would be good, (laughs) but luckily it was because it wasn't that I was necessarily looking to do a master's it wasn't like I knew that was exactly what I wanted to do it was just I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career and that came up and I was like this is exactly suited to kind of where I want to go so decided to stay on but it was very much last minute decision (laughs) you're in data science as well kind of kind of yeah not really I'm not really the end user so I'm not I guess I'm not like what Ashley would be but I'll be the people engineering things to make sure they can do the data science I'd say you know data science stuff though. <laughs> I know enough to get by or, yeah. or have a conversation, but I wouldn't know as deeply as obviously your day-to-day would be. Wait, what's like the main, what do you need to know to know data science? Isn't like what's kind of like main topics or? Um, 
it depends which side you're approaching it from so, i'd say yeah you need but. to understand i guess like what data could say or like you need to ask the right questions is one of the big things i guess statistics is a big part of it and then how to utilize it with like machine learning models and all these packages which is it's not it's more than just your python s was it sk learn yeah depends yeah this is always a big debate people think you've got to know coding to go into data science I come from the view that you really don't because I didn't know how to code at all until basically I did my master's. Like I think this is like a common phrase I use on a lot of things, but a lot of people think you've got to have been like coding since you was like the age of 11 mm-hmm. to be able to go into, into data science. But I think to be a good data scientist, you can you need to know more the theory and the stats and the maths and that kind of things. And then the coding can just come on the side. I don't get me wrong. You've got to know yeah. how to how to do it, how to do coding, but it's not necessarily that you need to do it straight away. You can yeah. kind of pick that up as you go along, which I think puts a lot of people off as well. Yeah, because it's not something that it's mm-hmm. natural to everyone to be able to code. So. I uh, I actually have a friend who studies in Sheffield, but he does architecture, so it's like a seven year kind of degree. So I've been up a couple of times. I love Sheffield. It's um, brought, yeah. No, it's, no, I really liked it. Yeah. I forgot where where did we go out in Sheffield? went to a uh what's like one of the nightclubs or a couple of nightclubs um leadmill leadmill yeah yeah that's the big famous one west street's like the main street that where all the bars and clubs are i west street live have you been there oh no that is just like typical like student place they used to have all these like posters up as you go in just like a4 sheets of paper of all like the random drinks they change them all the time but like some of them were like cocoa pop milk kind of things but with like vodka mixed in with them it was disgusting but it was just like the go-to place and you could get like everything for like a pound and it was just so bad and then there's also i remember the first time i went um, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes, yeah. The guy who plays Ned Stark, mm-hmm. his brother, owns like a shop. The chippy. Yeah, the yeah, Chippy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Broomhill Fiery. Yeah. Yeah, that's another famous one. I literally like lived up the road from there. So it was always the go-to place on a night out. You'd go back to the mm. Chippy. They had all the like chips and stuff named after all the Game of Thrones characters, which was quite... Because it's a, it's a good selling point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was messed up here that I didn't know it was called a fish and chip shop. So I always called it fish and chip shop. And then at university, Baxo told me off because he kept calling it chippy. So I was like, what is a chippy? Yeah? <laughs> I mean, it's still a fish and chip shop, but yeah. people probably more commonly say yeah. chippy. Yeah. Chippy. It's one of those odd cases around caught out because I don't know <laughs> these uh, terminologies or shortcuts. Yeah. Chippy Fridays, fish and chip Fridays. Yeah. That's always the thing. Very British. But... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> How was like Sheffield just as a university? It's good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Kind of made friends for life up there, which a lot of them are now down in London as well, which is always good. Um, There was like a big, I think there was like nine of us that were like the core group up at uni and like they just made uni for me basically because I was there for five years in the end. My undergrad was four years and then I I did my master's, but I I just love Sheffield. It's, It's like one of them cities that's enough there that you feel like you're in a city but it's right next to the peak district so you can literally just jump on a train and you're in the peaks yeah. in like 10 minutes and it's just it's my kind of place <laughs> i'm not sure london will be for that long but <laughs> you're not sure london will be for that long but you've actually bought a house in london i know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe for the next five years me and jack okay. was on so my partner jack was on about this the other day kind of like we're doing all these things on the new house that 
we've only been in four months, I think now. But it was like, if we're not planning to stay here that long, like, is there much point doing much to it? But I think it'll be like four or five years. So we'll still be in this one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like London's great. I've always wanted to live here. It's just the hustle and bustle of it. I don't know if it's long term. What's some of like the main differences you found? Mm, people being friendly. <laughs> what, compared to Sheffield and Nottingham? Yeah. So like if you, I think it's just known as more of a, a northern thing. But if you like anywhere on the street around there, if you've never met someone, they'll like say hello to you. If you're walking your dog, things like that, um, they'll hold doors open for you. It's just like the little things, which I don't think you get that as much down in London. Um, okay. So London's less friendly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying the other way around. Oh, no, I was no. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no like everyone just I think it's just a northern southern mm. thing but I think that's the part I miss most about kind of the north and, and things the think, friendliness but. yeah I think that's anywhere that's not London to be fair because yeah. when I went Warwick I was I was in a shock I was like why is everyone so nice and I never understood it until I realized that maybe we're all just pricks in London <laughs> I, I think it's just it's a lot more busy in London or central in a way so everyone's trying to get from point a to point b like quickly so that's why they just don't know maybe just don't have time to like be friendly as bad as that is yeah there's always more of an agenda to like what they're doing and they need to get there yeah I find that a lot because at the moment well my old commute for my old place not too bad on this one um because it's not as much of a a commuter line I tend to get the bus and things now but honestly like you get on and one thing that really annoys me is when you get on and literally everyone's just heads down straight into their phones and sorry if it's you guys (laughs) if you do that but that's one thing I really try not to do when I'm on public transport because I I just observe people instead but like I think that's one thing you get more in London than like anywhere else is just people constantly on their phones which they might be Mm -hmm. like reading something really good on the phone but I think I'm just I don't know if I'm really on my phone or I'm definitely like probably listen to music or something or a podcast, but now I don't, I don't know if I'm like, yeah, yeah. Other <laughs> <laughs> uh, good podcasts out there, but we're oh, the best. What do you mean good podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I observe people. I, I think I do a bit of a mix. So I'm probably guilty of also just being on my phone a lot when I'm on public transport. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. but Yeah, because there's like someone that, invented them badges or something that you could wear on public transport oh, in the, London you, I can talk to you or something or you can talk to yeah me. Oh, yeah really? so yeah. it was to encourage people who were open to just having a conversation with like a stranger you'd wear these badges similar to kind of like if you need a seat on the public transport it was similar to that but and like baby on board yeah <laughs> okay. yeah um but for saying that you're comfortable talking to someone <laughs> oh wow okay I mean, yeah. that badge yeah, got I'm a lot of flag when it first came out like I remember like well I think all the Londoners is kind of just like went at it well, like, yeah. what, what, who wants to talk to anyone on the london trains i saw like more heat for this badge than anything i've never seen the badges yeah, to be so. fair so i don't think I, I, whether it didn't take off but yeah, it's I've a nice idea i just if i saw someone wearing that badge i'm not sure if i would speak to them like I, <laughs> how do you start a conversation like, yeah yeah i i see you wearing that badge <laughs> hello <a> <laughs> yeah i don't know to be fair we could just be like you're gonna be on the podcast just bring our gear with us get some pool stuff yeah so you bought a house in london Mm -hmm. like how's that kind of process stressful (laughs) very stressful to be fair no it's it's since moving in i think that we've had more of the kind of not stress but like busyness i think it was we thought it'd be a lot harder than what it was um so we started probably this time last year so within a year, we've kind of gone through the whole process of looking at houses, 
finding the right one, putting the offer in, getting the whole mortgage sorted, moving in and kind of settling in all within a year, which I think is quite an achievement. <laughs> I like yeah, to yeah. think. I, I, but... To be honest, I'm kind of like a bit clueless when it comes to like we that were. kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of things online now. I think especially like in London as well, there's the whole, they're kind of even stepping away from any interaction with like a mortgage advisor, things like that, it's all just done online. So I, I, we didn't go with them, but I think there, there's a company that is literally, you never even kind of speak over the phone. It's all done like on the app, um, kind of right from the beginning of getting your, which mortgage company you go with and all the way through to actually like getting an offer on a house. Without like speaking to anyone. Yeah, yeah. So someone I know did it that way. We didn't go down that route, but like there's different ways to suit everyone I think nowadays. And luckily for us, it wasn't as stressful as what I think some people can go through with, with getting houses. But there was so much online that, that we we just read up on that or you kind of go to blogs and articles to, yeah. to kind of help us and know what we had to do. But Yeah, I read up a lot on it as well, even though I'm nowhere near buying a house yet. But I read up a lot on it just so that I can be as prepared as I can be. But obviously I haven't been looking at like, oh, I'm going to buy a house right there, right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been trying to... It's one of those things where I need, I always want to keep my eye on it or be prepared. But yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years, obviously. It's a big step. It is. Mm. I think it makes, because it was me and my partner, so I think it makes it easier. Because it's the deposit, basically, that mm. it comes down to. Um, like that's the the hardest bit that puts a lot of people off, but especially people kind of our age. But I think if there is a lot of schemes and stuff out there as well mm -hmm. that you can use, which I think a lot of people are just not aware of um did you use one buying lots we didn't we use we only thing we had was the help to buy ices oh, okay. so the government give you 25 percent on what you have in there yeah. yeah um whereas there's like all the there's that, is that for like first time yeah, yeah buyers? for first time yeah. buyers yeah um that's actually no longer available that's all yeah they've stopped that one now yeah, i think um, they're meant to replace replace it with something but they didn't i think there's a, a lifetime yeah, icer as well but i don't know the difference really are those yeah, like only <laughs> particular banks no so that always it the help to buy is most banks um but they may have like different rates on the saving as long as you leave in it so you have to yeah. start with 1200 deposit and then put 200 in every month essentially and then it will give you uh, whatever the interest rate is on it. You can't take the money out, basically. And it's like 2% or 2.5, depending on the bank you choose. And then afterwards, when you're going to buy a house, essentially you'll get 20, the government will give you 25% or whatever it is at that time. Okay. In the amount. So you could have like, the minimum is three months. So it would be 1,200 plus 600, 1,800 plus 25% ash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't following that but yeah <laughs> i don't yeah, whatever 25 percent of 1800 is you'd get it as soon as you like basically apply for the mortgage so you yeah. get a nice boost is that a good scheme in comparison to like other ones if you're it was if you're buying it under a year from the moment you got it but if you're buying if you're going to take longer than a year and then you might want to go for the lifetime isa um ask me and i'll send you my referral code okay <laughs> not make <laughs> So I... Wait, I should have a referral code? Yeah. Oh, shit. Not <laughs> Keep it for the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I use this app called Nutmeg. And essentially, it kind of handles other ISAs for you as well. But I've for the lifetime ISA, it's kind of also a minor bit of a, a risk because it is capital at risk because I put into stocks and shares lifetime ISA. But that guarantees you a bigger return as well. So, yep, the yearly limit for that is 4K. So, and then the government would give you 25% on it per year. So if I put 4K in th this tax year, it would give me 1,000 pounds. 
so for free, but I cannot touch this money because if I want to withdraw, I lose 25% when I'm withdrawing it. So it'll be 5,000 and 25% of that, which means I make a loss of at least 250 pounds. Uh, but there is obviously other options and stocks and shares options. And there's quite a lot of reading to do. So do read up. I'm not going to go through the, all the ins and outs. But um, yeah, so if you just add in 4K a year, you just get 1K a year. And then, yeah, the stocks and shares will hopefully, I, I put it on the least um, risky one so that I'm, if I'm making a loss, it's going to be small. If I'm making a gain, it's going to be small as well. Yeah. I know someone on like who kept on very high, one of our friends, and it like his fluctuates. So like from like being down minus 10% to up 10%. And it's just like, for me, that's just scary as hell. I'm like, I, don't think I can't I can do, do that, that yet. <laughs> like even if mine drops by like 0.02%, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, when it comes to yeah. money, I'm just like, no, I'm not gambling with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had bad experience. I've I've made twenty five. This isn't anything to do with houses, but gambling. I've made twenty five football bets in my life, all one pound each, and lost all twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are really safe bets as well that I thought, and it just yeah not come through yeah it's not, it's not gambling <laughs> so for lifetime ISA there's actually a safer option but the ones there's only there's not many like banks that offer the lifetime ISA account so it'd be like a building society of some sort but the highest I've ever seen for interest rate is one percent and that was like Newcastle Building Society and I was never sure if some of these are going to survive like a financial crisis or something so even though my money's insured and saved like I would rather just not go through that and I'll just take the risk with nutmeg it's worked out for me so, so far. what is nutmeg it's just an app yeah. and it handles a bunch of ices for you. You can have your own like different sorts of ices. Okay. And yeah, one of the ices they offer is the lifetime ISO. And that's where I keep my money essentially. And that will help you buy a house. Yeah, the lifetime ISO. There's a, it's slightly different from help to buy ISO. It has a few different stipulations. Like you can actually keep the lifetime ISO. Instead of buying of your house for the first time, you can use it to basically help in retirement. So when you retire, okay. it can be just paid out to you then. And that's... If you saw at age 18, which sadly I didn't, of course, but if you think about 4K plus 1K each year, like I think there's a cap. I think you have to can only do it at age 15 or something. I mean, age 50. And if you think, of, I don't know the maths on that, so you guys can calculate <laughs> one time. So 4K per year, then you're given 1K free per year. That's like a lot of money you get back in your retirement. So you could be, I think it's after age 60. As long as you retire after age 60, you're, you're then, <laughs> um, you, you'd be basically living I think that's quite a lot of money as well to go into retirement with as well but yeah yeah, we're, we're a long way from retirement yeah we? so I'd, I'd rather spend it on a first time house mm-hmm. and you can't really do any alternative like there's few cases where you can withdraw as like terminal illness and stuff like that but otherwise they won't let you withdraw without a massive yeah. loss say 5,000 pounds 25% is like 1,250 yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would have basically yeah, lost 250 pounds of what I put in, but it's just safer to try and go for it. If you're buying a house in more than one year, and as I said, um, if you want to use my nutmeg referral code, you'll get six months off the fee that they do. And you can just leave it on the lowest risk and slowly see it go up. Maybe a bit down sometimes, but it won't be too deep. And in, in this recently, for some reason, it's just been going up and up and up. I don't know why how Brexit has suddenly <laughs> turned it around because I was worried that I was just going to go lost, lost, lost. So yeah, it's quite... Don't complain for yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. What are um, any like, anything you learned over the process of like buying a house that you maybe wish you knew at the beginning kind of thing? 
always double check everything. Um, so I think as a, a first time buyer, you sometimes you don't know the right questions to ask, especially like when you're looking around places, if there's like a slight damp issue or things yeah. like that, sometimes you kind of want to avoid, you're just like, oh, it's fine. Like we'll sort it. But I'd always just recommend just asking as many questions as possible and making sure everything's right in all the paperwork, which luckily we was okay. Like we had odd bits that was kind of not what we were expecting, um, but nothing, nothing major. Um, so yeah, just always check everything as much as possible. Did you keep a list handy? Because uh, I assume you get repetitive, so it's easier to. Yeah, there was like, that was something we got online as well. There was like common questions to ask, but it was just one of them. Like when you first walk in at someone's house, it's like, especially when they're the ones showing you around rather than okay. the estate agent. And it was just so awkward, like walking in and it's like, oh yeah, this is nice. And I've got space. And it's just like, you tend me and like Jack would just say the exact same stuff. And it was just like, we're really not judging these properties properly. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's just awkward when people are there mm -hmm. and you kind of assess like, whether it's your tell me house what's or wrong not. with your house <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're the ones trying to sell it it's like it doesn't work like that but yeah we're happy with the way we ended up so so yeah. far so good what was it about this house that was kind of like yeah this well this my thing. my mum had always said to me that you'd be able to know um if it was the right house if you could picture your christmas tree <laughs> in the house okay. <laughs> So not so much now because we've got new cupboards in the way. But when we first got that was where our Christmas tree was. Okay, um, I can see that. Yeah. And it was just one of them when you kind of, we'd been around, we tried to add this, what we think we viewed about 15 houses mm. in total. And I think there was only two or three after when we first viewed this one that we went with. Um, it was just one of them, like when you compare to what you had already seen, as soon as we walked in this one, it was like, yeah, no, this is kind of what we've been looking for outdoor space was the key thing for us it's only little but it was just having somewhere where we can just actually like sit outside in the yeah. summer and what about like the area we didn't know too much about it it's great because it's it's what they keep calling every area in london up and coming whether how long that will be coming for but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like there's everything we need here like there's little which i absolutely love it's saving my shopping bill so much since yeah, moving definitely. here um yeah, like we do park runs every Saturday. There's one literally around the corner that we, not every Saturday, but some Saturdays. Opposite the station? Um, no, so it's just the opposite okay. side down here, but it's very hilly. We, very, we did it for the first time the other week, um, the local one, and it was so, so hilly. <laughs> it was not good for my knees. But yeah, it's easy to get into central London. It's just, I think a lot more kind of are moving down southeast way. It is just yeah. a bit more affordable, especially for like first time buyers and stuff. Were there particular areas in London you were looking at? mainly southeast okay. um we'd kind of looked all around around this area we was in broccoli initially uh when we was renting which we'd love to stay around that area but it was just too expensive where's that um it's on the overground just south of canada water okay um but yeah it was just a bit bit too pricey which everywhere in london really is yeah. but <laughs> um yeah we was always looking around this area it's not too bad i think i would want to buy a house before i rent I just don't know if that's possible. <laughs> or, Buy yeah. before you rent. As in, I w I'm, not, I'm not sure if I want to rent a place now. Yeah. Like the next step, I feel like I just want to buy one. But Renting just like, it's just chucking money away, which is yeah. where we that's got... What my, that's what my mum would yeah. Yeah, keep saying. Because um, like what we're paying here is cheaper than what we was paying in rent. And it's just like, you're not gaining anything from renting other than kind of 
probably saving a bit on actual like looking after costs of, mm. of a flat or house but and then when you do if and when you do want to leave london you can sell this place and then being the summer in london that's always going to sell for yeah like a good price we, we'd hope so <laughs> see how things go but um yeah because when we we went for this one there was I think about five or six different people all put offers in at the exact same time so i'm hoping if we ever come to sell we'll still have the same thing and oh, so it was be... a bit of like a bidding war yeah yeah, yeah. it was quite stressful <laughs> do you know like i'm not gonna ask you about prices and stuff like that but do you know when you are putting in a bid like who else is there and how much they've put on and... not usually no okay. um so they just came back to us we'd put in an offer and then um i think three or four other people had and then they was like, you need to like give your best and final offer. But we had no relation of how the others had already offered, like whether they were more or less. Um, so we went in, we'd heard on, we'd read online that if you just put like a really like random, like 50 pound on top of like what you was going <laughs> to offer. Because if you go to just kind of the next, say, yeah. like rounded up to the next 10,000 or something like that if everyone does that everyone's just gonna be the same so if you just chuck an extra 50 quid on it sounds like you're just giving that bit more and we did that um but apparently i think we was all around the same amount they just went for us because of timings of when we was wanting to move in and things like that that swung it for us which i think is just luck <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with the money but <laughs> you've been like renovating the house quite a bit because i remember coming for the christmas housewarming and it's changed like so much in the time being yeah i think we've done a lot in the time that we've had everyone kind of keeps seeing it and they're just like how are you getting this done to be fair I don't even know how we've got it done like where we've not so much the last month or so I'd say but before that the first two three months that we was in every evening like after work was like we're painting this door tonight we're painting this wall we're putting this up tonight and it was just like I was knackered <laughs> it was like while I was like moving jobs as well and it was just like it was pretty stressful but we got, we got there. I think there's odd bits that we want to do, but nothing, nothing major now. So No, it looks really nice. Like from what you said at school, you had like an interest in like an interior design or you had like creative side. I think you can like tell. Like, nice. <laughs> we <laughs> did, we did Google a lot to be fair. We, we, there's an app called, I don't know how you pronounce it. I think it's either house or whose, I think it's H-O-U-Z-Z. Um, an American couple set it up. It's basically just an interior like designer page. It's a, bit like it's just I think it's an app but they also just have a website as well and you literally just search like your color scheme your style and it'll just give you all the inspiration and like examples of rooms so if you go on there our rooms will look pretty much the same because we've just copied <laughs> most of them but <laughs> I no, like I, to think it was my own idea <laughs> yeah no I always think I was saying someone uh someone else recently actually that I actually think I've got really good room decor like just I don't know I feel like all my uni rooms, I like tried really hard to make them look really cool and nice. Some people and just have yeah. the eye for it. <laughs> no, don't tell him this. <laughs> uh, but no, that, that might just be in my head. But yeah, I like to think I do anyway. For my future house or room or whatever I have. Yeah. I was going to say with, with regards to decorating, like how was the elephant photo? Been. it's really good it honestly i don't know how you got that that it would match perfectly to the room it's just if like it, what's so, this? so for context this we were so you know when you draw a secret santa names out i drew her name two years in a row so this year because okay. i knew um we this time we added like preferences and things in because i wanted it to be a bit more organized and a bit more easy to read because last time i got her i had it in your mouth 
So yeah, I had we, to. We didn't even know each other. Yeah, to go. So is that how you met? Yeah. So like our our teams at the time did socials as well. So that's how we got to know each other. And then I was like, and so I had to actually ask Ish at the time for a bunch of research on like Ish. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to help me out here. <laughs> And you did remember, well. You did yeah. well. Even the first year, though, when you didn't even know me, like the things you got me that year were so related to what I like as well, like yeah. Harry Potter and orangutans. It's like they're the two main things oh. in my life. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So you've been working in London for like two years. Uh, coming up three years this year. Okay, but you only got the house last year. September. Yeah, just gone. Okay, so were you renting before? That? Yeah, renting. We yeah. was when I first moved down. I just moved in. Uh, to where my partner was renting mm-hmm. um we were there for about two three months and then was in broccoli for the rest the two years there so yeah so you got her an elephant present so first yeah i got her like a it was like a three-part thing one more thing was to do with harry potter second one was what was it to do with harry potter it was was it like some it was like the one you got me the first year yeah. yeah it was um a golden snitch oh, with yeah. the earrings i think oh that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tackle some of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was a Harry Potter purse. Oh yeah, I that's think. the third thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like you went. All, I think you went way over budget as well. Yeah, though, yeah, <laughs> like, I was thinking like, I was like shit. Like I don't know her, and I'm gonna mess this up. I'm gonna be the worst present in our secret Santa. Yeah. So I was like, let me just go back to basics. I think I'm quite. De- de- I'm decent with gifts. Yeah, but I'd say you are. <laughs> but then after that, everyone was like, "Oh, I'd I I say you are as well." Cheers, I've got some, yeah. No, it's after that. the stripper. Okay, I'll take take it back actually. Um, Yeah, so um, and the third thing was an orangutan like plushie, which turned out a lot better than what I was expecting. So and then that one just kind of like sat at her desk and everyone in the (laughs) office benefited. There was the one guy in the office that he had a young boy. I think he was only like four or five years old. He'd always FaceTime his son while he was at work and just take my orangutan off my desk (laughs) and like wave it at his son on FaceTime. So I think his son benefited from it more than what I did, but. Have you seen Harry Potter? I rewatched okay. it at least like once. Oh, yeah, I hope yeah, you've yeah, seen you know, Harry yeah, Potter. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one summer, maybe like during school, I decided to just watch all the Harry Potters in one day. Um, I don't think it was in a full 24 hours. It might have been like 28 hours or something. Like from before, without sleeping, I watched all of them. The full thing. <laughs> and I just remember like, I'd seen them all before. But I remember afterwards just being like so, I think that was the first thing I ever binged as well. <laughs> Um, good choice and I remember finishing and just being so lost like I just didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> and I spent like the next week just watching Harry Potter interviews and like cast like uh, yeah cast interviews and stuff but I actually get mistaken for like an Indian Harry Potter a lot uh, <laughs> like I've had that a few times like just getting on the bus and like someone being like oh Indian Harry Potter I was like oh good one <laughs> you say he looks like Harry Potter uh, I don't think I look like Harry Potter but the glasses just yeah, I think same. it's probably just the, yeah, the, I don't the think same I look like, like glasses, I don't look but... like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, no, definitely well, not. I don't think I don't <laughs> yeah, no, no. He wishes, but... What do you mean, he, me? No, he <laughs> wishes. <laughs> like, Daniel. Oh. Um, no, are you a big fan? Massive fan. If you fun. look to the yeah, bookcase, yeah, like the books. whole bottom shelf is basically just Harry Potter books. <laughs> What's your um, favourite one? Um, Half-Blood Prince. Oh, do you mean the books on there? Or no, just, no, no, no. But yeah, yeah. Harper Prince. But I'm more more for the books than the films, to be honest. I always meant to read the books. I think you I should. started the first one like ages ago, but that's never. There's yeah, so much more did. in the books that they just cut out of the yeah, films yeah. as well. Um, well, I did a thing after I binged 
it all in one day. I was like, okay, I need to read the book. So I remember downloading all the books. I did the same with Game of Thrones. When Game of Thrones finished, I downloaded all the books to read it, but just, yeah, never got to it. Yeah, I've not read the Game of Thrones books, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she also named the orangutan after a Harry Potter character, as well, the one in the jungle. It was Hagrid's brother, I think. Yeah, um, grow up. <laughs> Is yeah, that from like books or is he in the films? He's, he's in the films. He's in um The one with the pink dressed lady. Yeah, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Um with Professor Umbridge, the dragger into the woods. The one that everyone oh, hates. Yeah, I know I know the lady you're talking about, but I haven't I haven't seen it in like so long. My favourite is always Goblet of Fire. That's oh, okay. <laughs> That's probably a lot of people's yeah, go to. Yeah. I'd say. I don't know what my favourite one is now thinking about. Like, I guess kinda of watched them all in order. I just like certain parts of I think everyone, every single one, and I think in the Deathly Hallows I don't want to really spoil it, but there's a the bit where I'm, I'm sure like okay, well there was like um, Dumbledore's brother that I think he did a Patronus charm on like all the Dementors coming, and then I think that was one of like the best scenes in the yeah. movie. I think because that was like a surprise. He suddenly turned up and just came and wiped everything out. In my opinion, yeah, yeah, I just love Harry Potter. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah so then this year I got her. It was two parts. I got her actually, I borrowed my dog a voucher as well. And I don't know if you used that yet. Not yet. <laughs> we, this is the first weekend that we've been here um, since you getting it, basically. Mm. We looked the other day and there's so many cute dogs on there. <laughs> so <laughs> borrow my wait. dog. You, I'm guessing you borrow a dog. Basically, yeah. For like a day or something? Yeah, I think the idea is that you, you set up kind of with a dog and then you'd take the same dog for a walk like you build a relationship with one dog okay. it's not that you just choose a random dog and then take it for a walk and then choose another i think you can do that yeah. um but it's basically aimed at people that can't have dogs in their lives which we can't yeah. really with work um but that love dogs and want to help yeah. someone else <laughs> and it's for people who need dog sitters so it works out like both ways mm. and yeah so i gifted her that like that was like the first part of it like, so these dogs are all like owned by people they're not like in a shelter or stuff like that no 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 they're all owned by people mm -hmm. and it tells you like kind of distance away and things like that so there's loads yeah. around this area that are just looking to be yeah. took for a walk <laughs> yeah and then the other one was like the elephant photo which she has in the room so it's like a canvas i don't know what the actual name is but it's like a five part photo and you keep leave it like one centimeter two centimeters apart or something and yeah it's just like this elephant in super high quality which even shocked me i was like 4k <laughs> i don't know what quality it, it does look like, really yeah. good and yeah so i was like oh, but this year i didn't that sounds it. like over budget as well it was just a little bit over budget. <laughs> <laughs> you but need yeah. to learn to stick to it yeah. but then like if i if i stuck to the budget then the other painting that was the option i don't i just had this feeling that that one wasn't going to be good. good and then i remember because our housewarming was actually like a couple of days before our handover <laughs> for secret santa i was like you know i'm worried that this photo this photo is just not going to work i was speaking to isha as well once again i was like yeah, I don't know what to do. When I came to the house here, yeah, I'm like, okay, I think it will work. I think it will work, yeah. And then she sent a picture of her recently. It's like, it fits right in or whatever. How many people were in this secret center? There was like at least 10. Yeah, I'd say okay. like 9, 10. Okay, I thought it was like 50 and you drew a, yeah, same time twice. And I got the row. same person twice though oh, really? as well over yeah. the two years. Yeah. Did everyone just get the no, same no. person? <laughs> we had a lot of new people coming because mm. obviously a lot Maybe. of people had left. And I also didn't know the person that I got the first year. I just had to guess. Mine really Wait, was not as good. It as was well. yours? Louise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. two years Yeah, she was row. pretty new to the team as well. The time. Yeah. So, yeah. No, Shout out, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how, like, 
That's not a secret Santa thing. But that was just like a fluke. Like that was. Yeah. But I'm glad it worked. I also see some elephants in the room. Not that, and I'm not talking about Hamish. It. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we are you a big el- fan of elephants? Quite um, a few of them. Yeah, elephants and orangutans are my absolute favorite animals. Elephants probably more so, hence the amount of ornaments yeah. that I have of them on my bookshelf. I think at the front of our house, we actually have elephants like engraved. Yeah. Into... Nice. It's, it's kind of, I don't know how to ex- describe it. You've seen it's it. Like it's like three not like, walking elephants kind of like. But it's not like painted on the front of the house. It's like. Like if you put them there or were they in. No, they're like carved into the wall. What? Like, um <laughs> It doesn't sound as weird as I'm describing. No, I'm like, feeling like that's something I need on the front of mine. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's, Jack might hate me, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, it's like it's not like 3D. It's kind of, but it's a bit 3D. I'm, I'm doing a really bad job of describing it. <laughs> it's basically. Do you see how you'd have like in the movies? You see like the kind of like not like exactly like a fish and the donkeys on the wall or whatever it is. Um, but do you know when they have like a fish or like a what animal is no it? but they're like hanging ornaments yeah, yeah but i this don't mean like that so it's just the wooden bit but like the wooden is the wood is like it's a plate of wood that's just engraved in a really nice way with these elephants. i think i know yeah i think i'm but whether i'm picturing it's the just right the wall thing it's like <laughs> yeah i'd say engraved the wall's like engraved and there's like a few like elephants on it but i think my mum was like a big yeah elephant fan when we got that done nice you've been on like a safari yes uh this time i yeah this time last year i think it was early feb we went uh to sri lanka for nearly three weeks um just traveling around yeah Yeah. um i would always wanted to well i'd always wanted to go on a safari just purely because i absolutely love elephants and just animals in general but sri lanka had been getting quite a lot of more touristy and like people going over there we'd seen a lot more um kind of pictures and blogs about it so we decided to go last year um honestly it was the best like three weeks ever um we managed to like snorkel with turtles which was amazing because it wasn't planned at all that wasn't we was literally just snorkeling and then we just saw this like huge turtle next to us (laughs) it was like whoa (laughs) um yeah we went on safari which was just like I was like back to being a five-year-old. Mm. I was ex- as excited as like the first time you know about Santa. <laughs> I was just like, there's so many pictures of me just with this massive grin on my face, just staring at these elephants. So we managed to see, I think the biggest crowd, is it a crowd of elephants? Herd of elephants um, yeah. where there was like 12 or 15 all in one and there was babies oh, wow. and it was just, it was just amazing. It was so good. Like I'd recommend anyone to go. So just to clarify, safari is the one one where you drive through and there's no like restrictions on the animals coming to you as well? Yes, yeah. There was literally just like this jeep. You're quite high up. It's not just, it's like a higher jeep where you're sitting. I think that's purely to get a better view as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was literally just me and Jack in the jeep and that was it. Like everyone tended to get their own. Um, Like everything over in Sri Lanka is quite cheap. So I think it converted to like 80 pounds each for a full day safari which is to me just amazing yeah. <laughs> um so much like a football ticket is. yeah <laughs> um so we it was just us two and I, our driver for the day in the jeep and they just kind of they know where to go they've all got like their radios on them so as soon as like one jeep had seen like this herd of elephants they'd know where they were so then we'd kind of head that way and hope to see them but it wasn't like that you're intruding on them or anything Mm -hmm. like that but you still got to see like so much it was really good yeah i've been on a safari in india before when i was like really young i remember we saw an elephant but it was it was like quite far away and that's like 
on the we had like a really old like hand camera and I had to like zoom in all the way <laughs> just to like see it and half of it was covered by like some bushes um yeah so that's really cool that you got to see like a whole herd yeah it's so like when you've not obviously you can see them in zoos and stuff but it's just not the same you don't I don't think you appreciate like their size and like how actually we have to touch them no, no, no. Like, we weren't that close to him. They're wild um, as well, aren't they? So yeah, just... yeah. But you do see, like, a lot of... I've seen, like, a lot of people for post photos of them, like, with an elephant and, like, touching it and stuff. I think I've seen, like, some of my mum and my dad when they were, like, really young. Yeah. I think you could... Cause there was, uh, there's a lot of, like, your sanctuaries and stuff. I think that you can go and, like, help clean them and things mm-hmm. like that. I've never done that before, really. It's just the safari that's the closest I've ever got to them. I, I'd, I'd do it again. But it was so good. What other animals were there on the safari? Um, They have leopards in there, but apparently they're really rare to see. We didn't see them. Um, I think we got speaking to one couple and they managed to see one. But even like all the drivers and the um, people who look after the the park and stuff, they very rarely see them as well. So I think if you do get to see them, like you're very lucky. There's, I'm trying to think what else we saw. I might have to look through my photos. No, no, they don't have anything like that over there. Um, The leopards, like don't they, wouldn't they be hunting elephants or something? Like I don't know if, is there leopards that would just try hunt elephants or is it something else? I don't else? think they do. I think it's all like controlled in there. I don't know well, who, who hunts like, elephants. No, they're um, like, I'm pretty sure lions or like I think lions probably yeah. would yeah. given the chance. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, no facts here. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I saw on Shami's Instagram recently. I don't know which, which breed of cat it was, but it was, I don't, I didn't, I, I didn't want to say it. Not gonna lie. I saw it like <laughs> kind of like ripping apart like an elephant and the child. And so I was like, that day I was just like a bit in disgust because I don't, I'm not a fan of watching like that kind of stuff. So, oh, so you don't watch like, um, what's David Attenborough show? Like no. Our Planet? No. Do you know no. I love watching it. I can never watch the um, water ones though because it's got a name but I always forget what it's called but I don't like when there's like really small holes all together and you know when you're okay, looking at coral yeah. reefs that just okay. sends me over the edge. I'm just like I can't look, I can't look. It's horrible. But yeah, most of the ones mm-hmm. of David Attenborough I watch. What did you think of uh, Sri Lanka in a way? It was so nice. Mm. Like, it was just amazing. Like, everything there, like we got to do so much that you just wouldn't be able to do anywhere else. Obviously, there was all them attacks literally like a month after I got back, which I yeah. think has put a lot of people off going. But it really shouldn't. Like It was such an amazing place. Like, everyone was just super friendly, always like wanting to help you out. We had like some of the best places that we stayed in. The thing that really, because like, I'm such a foodie, everywhere there, like breakfast is such a big thing. And like all the hosts that we stayed with, like they'd give you this massive like breakfast every single morning, which I'm just not used to because it's not what I have over here. Mm. But it was so good. Like the food was just amazing. Um, I'd go back tomorrow. <laughs> Recommend anyone to go. And yeah, so have you gone traveling to many other places and done much other stuff? Done a lot of Europe. Um, when I was at uni, I used to go literally probably every two, three months with, with various different people just off to different European cities. We was in Sweden two weeks ago. That was really good. Literally just got a last minute flight on a Friday evening, came back Sunday. Didn't take any time off, just went to Sweden. <laughs> um, but also recommend there. It was really good, just really cold. Where looking to go to south america next year i've always wanted to do the inca trail so that's on my bucket list and hopefully get to take that off next year just need to plan it but speaking of bucket lists bucket list <laughs> <laughs> essentially you have i saw earlier this year you posted around 12 resolutions for the year i did so if you want to just give us a bit of information into that yeah i was like just before christmas 
like everyone always sets like new year's resolutions then well me myself like I never even really stick to them it's always just one thing that you'll try and do and then usually I think someone says that by February I think 80% of people just lose their new year's resolutions they don't actually stick to them Mm. so instead what I was aiming to do this year was like set one thing every month of the year and start it but it'd always be something that I do but then carry on within the next month so they're either something that I was like passionate about something I enjoy doing um something I want to learn so this month I did a well my aim was to set up a lean-in circle which is basically the lean-in's like a, a global company that um it's more of like a society for women to be able to set up these like circles they're just aimed at kind of a group where women can just talk openly and kind of anonymously um about anything like it don't have to be related to work it could be related to like family and and things like that so I set my first one up this month and we have our first meeting next month or mine's aimed more at kind of like women in tech um and early in their careers and kind of troubles they faced and or anything like that but for some of my other kind of resolutions for the year they're like to start making my own blog probably related to tech as well one of them was to do the national three peaks challenge um so okay. that one we're doing in september what is the national three peaks challenge climbing the three largest peaks oh. um in the nation oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's snowden ben nevis and scaffold pike um you have to do it in 24 hours oh, right. so oh, you have to do all three all three in 24 hours yeah <laughs> there was rumors about a social where we'd have to go to snowden and i was like no it's not happening <laughs> not <doing it. laughs> i've never done i've never been to be honest i've always even just like snowden the area and things there's so much to do around there which i'd love to go but maybe do the 24 hours one and then go back to do the other stuff but we'll see how that goes um, so how many have you listed right now of your 12 resolutions how many have I, what do you mean? So far, have you listed just, you listed a few right now, but I wasn't. Yeah, I've count. got all 12. I have got yeah. them on here. <laughs> if you want me to read them out. Um, yeah, also, what was the inspiration for like the 12, I guess? I like, don't even know, to be honest. I think it was more just like. Is there something you thought of yourself? Or like yeah. you heard someone else? No, I, I I just started, decided to do it. Yeah. I think it was just because it's so hard to not stick to things that you want to yeah, learn. Okay. Um, Especially like the last few months have just been hectic, like the house and moving jobs and things. I kind of just forgot about myself to be able to like learn stuff and just enjoy what I want to do. So I was like, I'll just do something every month and start it. And then it just breaks it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because of a lot of them, like one of them's like learning a new language, but obviously I'm not going to do that in a month, but it's like, I'll make the effort to start it one month and then hopefully carry that on. That one could take a while though. But <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration's there. I'm trying to think what my other ones were. I'll run in my second half marathon. So that one's scheduled for March because I'm doing the Sheffield one, okay. which is probably a bad choice again because it's hilly. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, but we'll try. We'll try. So you mentioned uh, that in what is it called Inner Circle? Lean in, lean in, lean in, in circles. Lean in circles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that totally got that wrong. That's quite a bit focused around women in tech. Uh, women focused? in general, to be honest, my circles focused on women in tech, but in just the the society as a general they're just aimed at kind of empowering women and making you feel like you can just openly talk about anything and kind of have that kind of support and advice from various different networks and things like that kind of encourage your leadership and all different skills in that area as well it's it's 
Good thing, um, but very like varied depending on the circles and things. Yeah, we had a previous guest recently who actually worked with me out in San Francisco, and she's yeah. So we worked in tech, mm. and she spoke a bit about like how she found it. How have you found it? Varying. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it's just not something that it's always seen that women would be in, and I think it starts more of at a younger age. Mm. Um, I think younger girls that are like in school, it's not it's getting better now. Um, but from when I, when I was at school, it wasn't something that like coding or data science or just tech in general would be a kind of a, a career option. Um, whereas now I think it is like kind of companies like the one, one I work for, they do a lot to kind of go into local schools and help kind of push more STEM subjects, uh, with younger girls, kind of get rid of that like stereotype against it. Um, which is something I try and help out quite a bit and, and kind of offer my services but it's something I really enjoy I think we do need more creative people in there not necessarily just women but kind of just changing the view of the stereotype of who should mm -hmm. be in tech so did you not really think about tech until your master's um like not really no yeah. like I didn't I think I mentioned earlier but I didn't know how to code until I did my master's but was it something you'd maybe like thought about or it wasn't even like even a thought not really even a thought yeah. like I it was always just that I knew I was kind of very more maths and statsy and I kind of just fell into that style mm -hmm. of of work um but it wasn't necessarily that I was always like this is definitely what I want to do it was never something that was kind of offered at my school where I was like oh yeah I could definitely go into tech I could learn how to code now I think schools are getting a bit better at kind of doing that but it was never kind of an option for me to just go into that straight from like school or anything yeah did you ever see it as like a bit because I think one of the big issues people find is that there's no role models I guess or you're not like there's no one you can really look at or it's there's not a lot of people you can look at where it's like oh yeah she did it yeah I can do it too yeah I think it's a not so much underplayed sometimes but you just don't hear about some of mm -hmm. the stuff that that ha kind of these great women have done so by kind of being in more of these networks it does get you more aware of what others have done what is possible and hopefully like encourage kind of the younger generation to get more into tech um which I hope that's something I'm I'm kind of doing with uh some of the women in tech stuff I do is just to encourage more kind of young women into it but it's definitely true that kind of the idea of like or role models who are women who have done kind of all these amazing stuff is just not really put out there as much but it's getting better a lot more are talking about it now which is good should hopefully kind of get that gap a bit lower between yeah. uh, kind of the women and men within tech yeah and so you like volunteering with that like helping out yeah so I do quite a lot through work um a lot of kind of stem tech challenges some of them are like helping uh, young girls they, they come into work and we teach them how to code robots um okay. so these are like what age are they they vary it's usually between like eight and 15 okay. which absolutely baffles me sometimes when some of the eight-year-olds come in mm. and they're able to code these robots mm. to move around this circuit without even having any like prior knowledge of coding and it's just like that's just not something I would have been able to do at that age or even been like offered the chance to to learn that kind of stuff but I always love it when they do come in and you kind of see their like when they do get it to work the, the look on their face like it's just great um it's kind of what makes me want like carry on doing it and stuff but see I, i'd be happy for them like when i see their face but i remember like, struggling at uni <laughs> <laughs> i'd also be like great this this dickhead's gonna take my job in <laughs> <Yeah>. 10 years <laughs> 
but no, not that serious anyway. Um, <laughs> do you do any other volunteering? Um, I've just signed up to a local coding club that's based up in my local area. Need to get all the DBS checks and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff approved, but hopefully start that in the next month or so. It's just an after school club. You can either, I think it's like Mondays or Wednesdays, just an hour a week, just local kids come in. I think they're year six. So whatever age you were in year six. Yeah. I can't and teaching them like 11. Um, Ma- maximum 11. Because it's yes. like plus five years. Yeah. yeah it's either html python and scratch which okay. i've never used scratch but apparently it's what they learn in school so <laughs> yeah i think scratch is like the like a lot of like drag and dropping and rather than actually like coding i think yeah it's sure. basically like that and it has a cat logo that's what i remember it. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but i think it's like blocks and you like you might have like an if statement block and you drag that where you want it and then like, right I'm going to have to learn it before teaching it then. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to like qualify to do that kind of stuff? Um, No, they just kind of. They look at your like CV and like, okay, yeah. Not even so much that. They're more just looking for volunteers in general. You don't necessarily have to come from a coding background and know how to code yourself. It's more because it's so an entry level. It's just more to be on hand that if they have got issues and stuff, you can help out. Yeah. Obviously, I've not been to one yet, but I think it's it's quite basic stuff. But they're looking for for volunteers, so <laughs> if anyone else wants to do it. So, do you like really enjoy it, like coding? Like yeah. for someone who like started like relatively late. I do, yeah. To yeah. be honest, like, I. She's look- actually pretty good at coding as well. Yeah. I've seen her code. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the best coders are one who don't necessarily do computer science. The like ones who kind of learn it. <laughs> I don't know. I I know a lot of like. I feel like the people that just learn it for the fun of learning it rather than learning it, having to learn it, it's yeah, a lot more enjoyable for them maybe. Yeah. Like I just, I've learned so much over the the two years, two, three years since I've kind of been doing coding as a job. I don't think you realize how much you do learn on the job as well, but yeah, no, I I do enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I get my days where I absolutely (laughs) hate it. (laughs) Usually when I'm getting an error and I really don't know why I'm getting an error, but no, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. I guess voluntarily moving into the end of the episode. Um, thank you for volunteering to be on the podcast, obviously. And no we'll start with some final questions that we have for each of our guests. So the first one is, if you could make a documentary, what would it be about? Um, there's probably a lot of things that I could, but sticking with the theme of animals, I would absolutely love to, I've always wanted to go and volunteer either kind of elephant or orangutan sanctuary. This is, you know, the standard question when people ask you, like, if you could do any job, what would it be? Yeah. Basically, it would be to go and volunteer at one, of, one mm. of them if money was no object. So I'd love to kind of do a documentary. Did you watch them. Animal Planet by any chance? I've watched everything oh, like okay. that. <laughs> that, used to, that. That was one show I used to always watch for like... Wait, Animal was, Planet what's uh who does that Do you, it was a show with the what chimpanzees channel? and i think that was the channel name right animal planet yeah yeah oh, the channel just... was called animal planet yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and it would basically have like one of the shows was like they rescue like from all around the world chimpanzees and orangutans and a couple of other monkey breeds and they just put them in this nice sanctuary and then they'll be like sometimes they'll be like gangs or like clicks of like the chimpanzees and stuff yeah. but sometimes the, ki- the baby ones have to be raised separately it was like all this stuff. It was like it was monkey world there. as well that was a big one oh mon- well. that's what it was yeah, yeah monkey world yeah, yeah. Oh man, I missed out on all this. <laughs> Actually, like, like, what do you have a job that if you wish you could do, you do? Oh, recently, after starting the podcast and stuff, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, maybe I could like. 
be on like early morning radio and just playing music for the people. I just drive to <laughs> car and I was like, why early morning radio? <laughs> because like I'm a I'm a morning person. I feel like I could also put music. Well, obviously people would have to have similar music taste. Maybe some people would learn some new music or. But, but I feel like, like I could get you hyped up or like in a happy. Your music's like grime. Yeah, but like you rap. can have a happy grime and happy rap. Not at like six a.m. in the morning. Say in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Like, you could also go for slower stuff as well. Like I, I, I don't just listen to grime and rap. Everyone probably thinks this by this point. <laughs> it just happens to be that that's always a topic that comes up whenever people. I think it's just tagged with me by by default. But don't get me wrong, I do love grime. It just happens to be tagged to me. But I would obviously like. I feel like maybe just like I could be a good choice of music in the morning or evening, but. I feel like it'll be just better in the morning and then I just go back to like doing startup and stuff in the afternoon. Mm. I guess it does like get work out of the way quickly. But then you do have to work up really, wake up really early. Unless you're just doing it from your room. No, no, I, I mean think. like, I, th- I, was, I wasn't like joking. The other day I was thinking like, what if like BBC, after this BBC just hired us to be on like radio in the morning? Like, could you imagine? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that should challenge yeah. that. I don't, I don't know if <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like BBC, we probably swear oh yeah no. the BBC, yeah. oh that means yeah the only option then is i think the late night one <laughs> which i don't know if i'd want to do just because it's i'm more of a i think early person than a late person get up and go yeah, yeah. Mm. anyway the second question is one piece of advice you would give to younger you probably two pieces to be honest one more just for before i was at work um and kind of more studying and things is to just do what you enjoy and don't overthink mm. things that's I still do it now but it's always I think a lot of people suffer with it is just constantly overthinking and not just enjoying where you are the other with I suppose it goes for studying and things as well but it's to just always ask questions even if it seems like it's an absolutely stupid question I often I know when I first started work I'd always sit there in meetings and like have this one question and just not dare ask it because I'd either think I sound stupid or something like that whereas I think half the time you want to ask that question and everyone else in the room also wants yeah, to ask I, that I question definitely, yeah, suffer from that. <laughs> so yeah I think just always just ask questions clarify things and just enjoy what you're doing that would be what I'd say yeah that's a good one I think yeah no one's said that one before and I think that's like a really yeah definitely something I felt during like school and university just yeah being like too scared to ask a stupid question yeah just doubting yourself too much i think yeah and then the third and final question is what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience if any so that could be if someone's been third wheeling you or the other way around surely this (laughs) (laughs) it's cool i guess everyone says that though (laughs) to be honest i I, nothing comes to mind but i think it's purely because everyone i spend my time with i'm comfortable with if that Mm. so even if say it was me and my partner and then Mm. just someone else we're not like one of them couples that is like PDA all the time or anything like that. And none yeah. of the other people I hang around with are. Yeah, I, I don't think I can answer that. I don't think I've had any third, yeah. random third wheeling experiences, to be honest. That's good. That's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> we can't say this <laughs> too much. I'm intrigued now. Because <laughs> I didn't have an example. Uh, not on there, maybe. The no? They're not even like, I don't know if I can name. To be fair, I can give you one recent one. I don't know if I said it on there in a previous episode, but basically... Our guests from episode two and four, Anna and James, they were going to IKEA recently. There's one near where I live, and mm-hmm. they moved to basically close to where I live. And they're going to IKEA. They just called me up and they're like, oh, "Do you want to come to IKEA with us?" I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I was just like with them. It wasn't like obviously like it's one of those cases where I'm comfortable with both of them. Yeah. So it's nothing like no worries about PDA or like 
being super uncomfortable. It's just like going out as friends. But I was like, like yeah, I'm a third wheeling. Like I'm the, I'm the go-to third wheel in Northwest London, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, just went on their IKEA date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got called cool, like literally as they arrived to Northwest. I'm like, okay. IKEA is great though. So first <laughs> time. Did you go to Sweden? Yeah, no, no, no. Oh. But we came the week. We went the weekend after we got back from Sweden. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was actually my first time going to IKEA as well. Did you get what? any food at the end? They got food before because I was already eating when they, they called me when they were already on the train. Because I'm amazed at their prices. It's like, so you know, cheap. Like it's a hot dog it? for like yeah. 35 pence or. They did buy like for the frozen meatballs and vegetables or something. Oh, that kind of, yeah. yeah. I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love idea. They used to do 99p breakfast as well, full English, but I'm not sure if they. 99p? If you had like the IKEA family card, they did. But I think I'll it might be. Like, there for my breakfast I think it might be like £1.29 now, but. Yeah, next bit is a call out. So if there's anyone that you think would be good to come on as a guest. I did have an idea. I don't think he has any idea about it though, but <laughs> I'm going to call him out anyway. So it's Adam Brown. He's, well, I went to school with him, but is my partner's best mate as well. Also lives in London, but he's an events management He's in events management and he just does some really cool stuff for his job. So I feel like it'd be quite cool to come on this. So yeah, I'm calling out Adam Brown. Like organizes events. Well, he works at the Science Museum anyway, which is, oh, yeah. and he organizes events there. And I know he's met some like celebrities and stuff like that through his job. So oh. yeah, he might be a good one. Big name. And the final thing is like, it's going to be a shout out. If you have anything to like shout out, like any socials, any blog posts or anything. Not really. Or even someone <laughs> The else. blog post I yeah. might have in a couple of months. It could be, it could be like a restaurant. It could be a song, um, a film, just anything for you. I'm going to go for the... You can have time to think as well. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That. I'll probably go for the restaurant that I went to when I was in Sweden. For anyone that's going to Sweden, <laughs> they can go. Um, honestly, it was one of them that we came out and we were both just like for the next like two weeks we were like could really just eat that meal again and it was lit well I say it was literally just it was quite fancy but it was still quite cheap for Sweden Sweden's expensive but it was just venison steak with potatoes basically (laughs) but it was just so good do you remember what it was called I think the place was called I want to say smacker. It sounds really dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not saying, yeah. pronouncing it right. Link in description. Um, but it was, it was in Gothenburg and I, it was just so good. Like it's one of them that I just keep thinking mm. about. For the what last, was the like, go-to dish weeks. that you'd recommend? They're very big on like herring over there, which I'm not a big, like, fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's usually pickled, but we didn't have it pickled, but it was like a tasting tray of herring, which I really thought I would hate because I'm not, massive on fish food seafood um but it was amazing it was so good sweet so if anyone's going to sweden (laughs) go there i'm going to shout out i haven't well okay i'm going to shout out a blog post that i've wrote well i haven't wrote at the time of recording but hopefully when this is out i've written it um (laughs) and that's just how to start a podcast so we did um release an episode x episodes ago about (laughs) um yeah about releasing episode and i thought i'll just yeah write some things down on it so yeah go check that if you're interested will i feature in the blog uh you you might your name might be in it oh i thought you wanted my i thought you'd have wanted my help but maybe maybe yeah (laughs) my shout is gonna be for i guess sticking to the grime theme of music um at the day of recording this 
Um, it's only been a couple of days since this album's been out by M. Honcho. It's called Honcholino the First. And it's actually really, really good. I think it's better than his previous work. And I am going to see him live in April, so <laughs> go listen to it if you haven't. Which I expect most people haven't, but you know. And yeah, sweet. I think that pretty much concludes the episode. Thank you for coming on, Ash. No worries. Thanks for yeah, having thank me. Thank you for hosting us. Yeah. You got a beautiful home. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah. Cheers. All right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, speak to you all next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.